I haven't touched the pin. The only thing that gets me is I about like 40 minutes in, I always have to pee really bad. So it's because you keep you just took too much beer beforehand. Oh, I know. I got to loosen up somehow. So it'd be cool if I could just like reach out on my iPad and hit a button that made a fart sound, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the R&R CatCast, quite possibly the fourth best Montana State podcast out there. <laughs> but number two in your hearts. <laughs> uh, well, I'm Ryan, joined by my co-host, Ryan. Plus our, one. Yeah, plus one, plus our special guest tonight. We uh, got Driscoll Cat back on the line. How you doing, Thank- Shane? Hey, everyone. Doing well, thanks. Thanks for coming back. For sure. Right on. So uh, tonight, uh, well, we recap uh, the ISU game. Um, go on some thoughts on that. Uh, undoubtedly some big tangents. And then uh, <laughs> we'll cover some of the, the upcoming Cal Poly game. The first Sounds order of good. business is uh, what are we drinking tonight, fellas? Well, I have a beer called Dark Darkness, a dark porter. If you might, <laughs> you might guess it's a dark beer. It's pretty dark. It, there's uh, some crazy Dungeons and Dragons wizardry stuff going on in the can, but I like porters, so I gave it a try. And it's from uh, Boundary Bay, which I like quite a bit up in Bellingham, and uh, it's pretty good. Never had it before. It's a good porter. Did you call you it the Dark Darkness? That's what it says right on the can. Dark darkness. <laughs> well, I'm drinking what's called <laughs> Muju. Mu- no, excuse me. Mujo. I totally butchered that one. It's a coffee milk stout from Paradise Creek in Pullman, Washington. Hey, now you're talking. Yeah. Put, putting down the IPAs, getting a real beer. I like it. You know what? I had a Boundary Bay IPA in my fridge waiting to go, and I was going to I was gonna put it on f- just for you, Thorny, but uh, – <laughs> You know what? This one was calling my name a little bit more. Okay. So. How about you, Shane? Nice. It sounds like you guys are, are getting into the fall spirit and the winter spirit with those dark mm-hmm. beers, man. That's just delicious. I'm I'm drinking a Belgian white out of Belt, Montana. I think it's I think it's Harvest Moon, I think is the mm-hmm. brewery. Um yeah, uh delicious beer. One of my well, that's, I am jealous that you're getting to access to all those delicious Montana beers. Every time I go to Montana, I just come back with like eight like six 12 packs or 12 packs i just stock up on montana beer when i when i make it back over home <laughs> that's awesome i don't know if i told you guys but i i started brewing because i couldn't get montana beers when i lived in illinois <laughs> nice how'd that go to making a good copycat recipes yeah actually my um cold smoke it didn't taste quite like cold smoke but way the hell better than any other scotch ale i could get yeah, my hands on yeah there's some pretty good ones out here so at least i got that covered <laughs> nice all right. Yep. You guys ready to talk about that lovely game on Saturday? <laughs> Do we have to? I think that's kind of why we're here, unfortunately. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll just give you guys a quick rundown of the stats like I always do. Um, pretty even stats-wise. In fact, it's just like the Idaho game was kind of a, you look at the stats and how did we win, you can almost look at these stats and say, you know, how did we lose? Uh First downs, they had an edge there, but we had more yards per play. We had more total yards. We actually had 20 first downs, which most we've had in a while. We've really struggled in that area, so we had some nice sustained drives. 
we had the turnovers, the couple of fumbles there. We didn't turn the ball over, did we? I don't believe we did. We had uh, one turnover. Uh, Troy Anderson threw an interception. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, but we were still plus one in the turnover margin there. And yeah, I mean, really, the penalties were kind of killed us, especially timely penalties, which I want to talk more about later because they are just becoming commonplace, way too commonplace. And, um, I mean, that's really all I need to talk about the stats. We made a nice little comeback there. just came up short. But um, let's talk about this game. What did you guys think of the game? I want to kind of start. Um, how do you think we looked coming right out of the gate? Matt Miller had uh, what looked like a scripted drive to start off with. Pretty much almost looked like he threw the kitchen sink out there. What did you guys think of that? Go ahead, Shane. Well, I, I was really impressed. I mean, the guy had what? five days to prepare um i mean an extra short um period for actual scouting and and to put together the Mm -hmm. the game plan so i mean that and we haven't really had sustained drives we had we had four sustained drives over 10 plays and three over four 14 or more and uh that's just we we've just been basically just relying on just sheer athleticism and brute force from troy anderson um and then we come out and we're, we look like a completely different offense. So I, I thought as far as Matt Miller on, you know, his first game, 27 years old, you know, four or five days of preparation, I thought he did a great job. Yeah. And, and I texted you, Ryan, right away. Um, as soon as after we had that, I, that first, that first series, which was either, I can't remember. Shane, you might know. Was it twelve or fourteen plays? It whatever. I right? want to say it was fourteen, 14 but uh, regardless, yeah, fourteen. Yeah, my bold prediction last week was we would, we would sustain a drive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, well, that's taken care of. You know, six <laughs> minutes in, so I was really happy. Uh, like you, Shane, I think we looked completely different on offense. Uh, I like that we mixed in Connor Sullivan. He had like five or six catches. Uh, during that day, that was a big thing I was hoping for um, this week. And so you had texted me that you're, you were hoping he would get what, six, I think you said six catches maybe. Yeah. Six or seven. And yeah, I think you, were, you were right there. That. Yeah. And, and if we hadn't, uh, you know, thrown that interception, he would have had right on that. So I think in uh, getting him in, into the mix and it was nice to see uh, even like, you know, curse Amos run, run that skinny post there and that ball just, you know, careening off his fingers, that would have put us up 14 nothing. But, um, I mean, just to get the passing game uh, put in there. And then I remember one of the first texts you sent me was, is that Tucker Yates lining up in the fullback <laughs> position? <laughs> and oh, I was man. having a hard time viewing the game because it was I had to watch it on my phone, and uh, it was just going in and out. So I couldn't really ever get a full, you know, I couldn't get a steady feed. And so I went between um, the Big Sky Watch app and then listening to Jay on the TuneIn app. So I, I wasn't able to see a lot of the game. I, I would listen to most of the game, but I wasn't able to watch most of the game, I should say. Well, I mean, just to me, Troy Anderson came out looking good. And that like that first drive was really good. Like you said, we hit Sullivan a couple times. He ended up with four catches. And I want to say at least two of them were on that first drive. I mean, it looked good. Like you said, six minutes, 14 plays might be the longest drive we've had all year. I don't have any stats to back that up, but certainly longest we've had in a couple of games. 
uh, come, just go right down and score a touchdown. The defense does their part. And then we come back down and, hey, we're doing it again. Exact same kind of thing, rolling right down. And unfortunately, it stalls out, like you said. This is the story of our season, missed opportunities. Uh, Curtis Amos can't haul in. the. Uh, that was a really nice, nice ball from Anderson. It was a nice touch. It had came in exactly where you want it to come in. That was just a play that Amos has to make. Uh, but just like typical Bobcat fashion, not only do we miss the play, but we can't even convert on the field goal. And that's when you just like, is it going to be our day? Like that's just the kind of stuff that I'm tired of seeing happen. So here we are having an opportunity to be 14 to zero at the very worst. You're thinking, all right, 10 to zero and come away with no points. Yeah, it's, it's super frustrating. Um, <laughs> and on so many levels, because even before Curtis had that drop, I, I do believe we were, uh, I might be wrong, but we were first in goal or somewhere in there. And then we had a couple procedure print penalties that pulled us away from that. And it seemed like that was kind of the tail tape of the day for for us is we would get like this first and goal, we'd get a big play and then we'd have a holding call. We'd have a, you know, a false start. We would have this and that. And then we get into these ridiculous long situations and that's how we ended up our game. You know, that's, that's the, at the very end, we were in a, what was it? A fourth and 23 and we hit a 21 yard pass. <laughs> we, we should not be in a fourth and 23 when we were first in, uh, like 15 or something, or like we were on the 15 or 16 when we were we were down there with the Enfonse run. So it's just ridiculous how how many times we go out of our way to shoot ourselves in the foot. <laughs> and we missed two two field goals of 41 yards and 46 yards. And then don't, where there's no wind. I mean, the first one goes right off the, the left, the post and, you know, careens off to the side. But I didn't get to see the next one. And I heard it was wide left. But that's just... For a guy who's been nails, for Tristan Bailey, who's just been, you know, stone cold this year, that's to miss two of them, you know. And I know you, Thorny, kept saying back at the at the end, too, when we got to that fourth quarter and uh, we were uh, fourth and two from the goal line there, you think we should have gone for it there? Yeah. No, well, uh, we can talk about that now, but I, I just think with the limited opportunities we have and how close we were, I mean, yeah, you got to get a field goal and a touchdown. I didn't know if we're going to get closer. I think this has got to be the touchdown here. I think we needed to go for the touchdown right there. But the smart play is to kick a field goal. But we had been so aggressive all game. It's like, why just stop there? But then, but then when you have, and I, I think for the most part, I, I can, I can empathize with that. But then you have a guy who's just missed two field goals in a row, and here you have an opportunity to gift wrap one for him, kind of get his confidence back up. And and you know you got you need ten points either way you need a touchdown and a field goal, so it's it's a hard decision, but I I think looking back on it I, I see the wisdom of of maybe if we had had just gone for the jugular on that and then saved the field goal for when we couldn't get in close. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good point. He was Bailey had been struggling, so you know you got to kick at least one. Well, you got to kick a field goal most likely, or you know it could have been two touchdowns. That way we could have not had to rely on the touchdown, but you know, that, that was a kick he was going to make and you didn't know if he could make a longer one. So you get the touchdown there. Next opportunity, he's got to kick a 47 yarder to win where he's already missed a couple of field goals. So, you know, that's, that's sound logic there. I can't argue with that. I don't know. I just, I was frustrated at the time looking back, I could see logic on both sides, but in the, in the moment when I was watching that game, I was like, go for it. Come on guys. This is, 
this is their season right here. You know, this is the playoffs right here. Go for it. You know, Thorny, what, something that stood out to me seems like when we had a missed opportunity, ISU totally capitalized on every one of those missed opportunities. Um, Troy Anderson throws an interception when he had seemingly – he had one guy to beat from my vantage point. That's one time I could watch the game. I didn't he, see the play. Oh, man. Well, he scrambles out. Uh, he definitely has probably – 20 yards worth of green in front of him. Uh, the safety, the backside safety is coming in to get him, but Troy can make one guy miss. And then he gets cute and throws like a, a touch pass to um, Sullivan. And then one of their safeties comes in and, you know, intercepts it. And they go down to score on that drive. Uh, then Tyrell Thomas has a sure interception in his hands, uh, goes off his hands, Two plays later, they score. <laughs> you know, um, we missed that Curtis Amos uh, pass, and I think that's the play for me. That is the play that haunted me the whole weekend. Uh, we missed the field goal, that 46-yard field goal after that. Uh, so many things that we just shot ourselves in the foot with that just, man, we it's so frustrating because we've been in this land for so long. It's like marching through the desert, <laughs> like 40 years in the desert, it feels like. <laughs> when are we going to break out of this thing? Yeah. I think Idaho State scored on the short field position we gave them after the most beautifully play-called fake, fake punt you'll ever see that was like one yard overthrown. Oh, that's just our season. That just sums it up, doesn't it? One yard overthrown. <laughs> yeah, that definitely sums up that game. Oh, my gosh. It was just like I, – I, I, I don't know. What, were you talking about the trick play that was one no, yard the, overthrown? No, well, the, 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 the fake punt. The fake punt. Yeah, the fake, yeah, the fake punt, and then the touchdown play to to um, the tight end, um, it, it just just off his fingertips, um, Curtis Amos, like the like one yard on, and then both the field goals were one hit the upright, and the other was pretty darn close, and it just, you know, just inches away from every time. Well, it's funny that you had talked about like you would think it'd be easier to kick in the dome as a kicker, but if you've done nothing but kick outside you wonder if the ambiance and the atmosphere and the lighting is just weird inside a dome. Like a dome kicker is really good in a dome. And they always kind of struggle outside. Is the inverse true? Like if you're an outside kicker, do you go in the dome? Is it just a weird canned environment and you kind of gets in your head? I, I don't know. Just spitballing. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe psychologically. I mean, you, you know that there's not, because in when you're outside, there can be weird stuff like the wind, the wind, you know, 40, different than what you feel so it's it there's like a lot of chaos variables outside where that's all controlled for mm-hmm. in the dome but but like you said maybe psychologically or something i mean mason crosby can do it anyone <laughs> can can do that fun story about mason crosby i saw him live uh, against montana state in 2006 when he tried to kick like a 63 yard field goal to tie oh. or to bring colorado within one score he missed it and we ended up winning that game i was there no big deal he was yeah, on that yeah, team. Yeah, he was on that team. That's why they oh, no attempted kidding. like a sixty. I don't know what it was, sixty plus. They were down ten, and they it was like fourth down, and they needed two scores. Same situation, so they tried to kick this ridiculously long field goal with Mason Crosby. <laughs> <laughs> hey Ryan, what happened uh, the week after that? Uh, we uh, got <laughs> ran over by Danny Woodhead, I believe. <laughs> we won't say what team. Nope, he was nope. On. <laughs> he played in the NFL. That's all we need to know. <laughs> That's all we know. All right. Well, 
getting back, let's just talk a little bit about what did you guys think of Troy Anderson's performance as a throwing quarterback? I mean, yeah, there was the interception, and I think that he, <laughs> it's like he, like you said, maybe he looked to pass when he had some opportunities to run, whereas in the past he would have just ran those in the past, I mean, like any time before this game. But overall, I think it was probably the best day he's had throwing the ball. I don't think that's disputable, Thorny. I mean, it was the best day he's had throwing the ball. I mean, he only threw for like, what, 45 yards less than Tanner Geller, and he had like a 30-yard touchdown pass dropped by Amos. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, not only was it it his sharpest day, it was he looked very sharp. You know, he could have looked not great. And still been his best game, <laughs> True. but he looked very sharp in my no, opinion. No, he like this was a noticeable jump, and you don't know if it was just because, well, a Weber is going to make a lot of people look really bad. I think it's kind of, that's a classic case of things. Well, I don't know. We talked about it was as bad as it looked against Weber, but uh, they're going to make a lot of people look bad. And I don't know if it's just because Idaho State's not that good, but he looked a lot more calm. He wasn't as like geeked up. As uh, Chote would say, he looked and he made some really nice touch pass throws. He looked downfield more. He kept his eyes downfield. I don't know. It was the biggest step I've seen him take as a quarterback. Well, we provided him with some play calls that made a lot of sense. You know, getting Connor Sullivan um, in there. We we completed some tight end drags over the middle. Um, we had some quick slants. I mean, those are high high percentage throws that made no sense that we weren't doing them. Do you think um, Matt Miller's yeah. a friend of the pod? Do you think he was listening to us last week? <laughs> you know, I think he took uh, <laughs> my advice right there. Thank you, Matt Miller. I appreciate that. And dial up some more of those for us. I was the one who proposed. <laughs> but you know what? You know, I want, I want to talk you. So, you know, <laughs> I want to talk about real quick at, on piggyback on that, how good Troy Anderson looked guys. We still scored zero points. From the second to the third quarter, we had seven points in the first quarter and 10 in the second or 10 in the fourth. We're still having this lull in the middle of the of the games that's been pretty common throughout this season. Yeah. Now we had a after the missed field goal, we went punt, turnover and downs, punt, halftime, came right out through an interception, punt, missed a field goal. (laughs) I mean, it's we're moving the ball, but it, it, it still becomes a thing. Well, actually, no. You look at the after the missed field goal, we moved. We had a four-play, twenty-three-yard drive that just that we ended up punting. They would turn it over on down. I mean, it's just it, we have these lulls, and it was it's going to be a process for us. We're never going to be a team that's just going to move the ball consistently, just with their limited abilities. But it was by far our best time doing it. But we just that's the reason we're not going to be play. I mean, there's multiple reasons we're not going to be a playoff team, but just not being able to consistently move the ball, consistently score. We finally were able to score without just Troy Anderson ripping off a 60-yard touchdown run. But even still, he had like, what, that 40-yard touchdown run? That was still one of our two touchdowns. It's, it still looked better, but end result, kind of the same that it was still Troy Anderson make, being Troy Anderson. Hey, how does that uh... – quarterback draw when we have number 10 in there uh travis johnson how does that work almost every time i don't know how how is everyone 
How are they not just stacking it up and expecting that's him like, to come right That's up his the play. That's like he comes in, and that's what he's going to do. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm amazed. I mean, the last time we ran it, it didn't work. But but holy moly, we've just gone back to the well on that one well, over it's, and over. It, I feel like eventually they're going to set that up as like uh, something. They're going to do something out of, different out of that formation. But the reason it works is because Johnson, he is fast, and he explodes. He is very – he has a very – fast first step and he just sees the hole and he's just all of a sudden he's five yards beyond the line of scrimmage like in the blink of an eye he's he's fast and yeah I, but I it that... looks pretty cleared out when he does it's true it's, i mean you got to give him credit for sure but i would expect people just hammering the line after having seen what we do there i don't know it's it's a good question i don't have a good answer and why it it's so easily working but like you said someone's gonna shut it down but i feel like we're gonna do something different out of it maybe hand it off on one of those fly sweeps or maybe Johnson's going to do a little fake run up the middle and try and hit a streaking tight end over the middle. I don't know. That's, yeah. That's what I've been thinking. I, I keep thinking I'm like, Oh, he's going to pull it and, uh, you know, go over to the top on this one. But it looked to me too, uh, Shane, what you were talking about, like, why is it so open? I think we had that, that I don't know, but it, it reminded me of the, our running concepts. It, to me, it looked like we had more pulling guards, uh, on on Saturday, I don't know if we got back to running power or not, but our, our running game looked different than it had in a couple games past. Well, I think our O line did a little bit better job of moving people off the line. I think that's one of the bigger things too. But I think we did. I think we did move some more guys around. We did a little bit more pulls, and uh, we got, we, I feel like a little bit bigger holes for the running backs to run through. Although Alfonso, as usual, creates half of its yards just by sheer determination. <laughs> Man, he runs hard. It's so good. He's so good. He he is fun to watch. He just he is has such good balance and such good like lower body strength. It's pretty ridiculous. And just the way he hits people at his size, it's it's like you can't believe what you're seeing. No, no, five eleven, one ninety, just trucking people. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty fun to watch. So Shane, um, prior to talking tonight, you had mentioned that you have some concerns with with the program um, and we told you to hold off on those. So why don't you lay at least one of those <laughs> on us now? Yeah. Okay. So, um, okay. If I'm going to lay one of them on, on you, t- two of them are kind of a pair, but I'll, I'll, I'll lay one of them on you. We, we've kind of danced around uh, the, the pair, but I'll do, okay. The one. <laughs> so here, here's, the, here's the, here's the thing. I think there's a lot of enthusiasm or, or like there's a lot of optimism, kind of renewed optimism. People were pretty low after the Weber State game. I didn't get as low after the Weber State game, and I'm not as optimistic after this, this one. I liked what I saw, and I thought that Troy fulfilled his potential. That was about as good as I expected that he could come out and be. I thought he looked very sharp. He did throw one interception, no touchdowns, which – you know, trade those and maybe it's a different game, but um, that's about as good as I, I think that he could look. The defense held ISU to its lowest point total against F- FCS opponents. Only one, they only allowed one more point than Cal did against ISU. It was at great home, defense. ISU was at home too. Don't forget that part. Right, right. Um, the defense uh, got got turnovers um including uh two fumbles recovered which we had done for the first time 
just great. But here's the thing that looked like it was our best shot. And if that was our best shot, I think we're in a lot of trouble. I don't think we're anywhere near as good as I thought we could be. No, I could see that side of things. That's kind of the inverse of how I felt in the Idaho game. I was like, this is Idaho's best shot. We're not playing very well, but we're going to beat them. That's probably how Idaho State fans felt watching us. <laughs> it's like we aren't the kind of team that can afford to miss those opportunities and win. You can't have a drop touchdown yeah. pass. You can't miss a wide open fake punt. We don't get that many chances, and we don't seize them when they come. And that's why, and that's the theme of Choate. Unfortunately, Choate's teams is like they just don't seize the moment. The plays are there. The opportunities are there. We always put our position, put ourselves in a position to make the plays, which is a step up. But so far, we haven't made that play, that play that's just going to win the game, that's going to turn the tide, that's going to set the tone. We just we have a problem with that. And you might be right. Like That could have been about as good as we can do. I, I think – I think Troy can actually improve upon that game. I think he'll go back, look at the film, talk to who's the quarterback coach now. He'll talk to whoever's coaching the quarterbacks right now himself, <laughs> probably just co- coach himself. It's Troy Anderson. <laughs> he'll go, he'll go back and look at the film and like, wow, I had 20 yards of green in front of me. Like I'm sure someone told him to keep his eyes downfield, look to pass first. But I think if he gets it together where he can, um, see the opportunity to get even five or six yards if there's nothing obvious, easy completion to make. I think I think he'll improve, but I don't know. You you might be right. I also feel like Idaho State didn't play bad necessarily. Like when Eastern played us, like they were dropping balls, they were making weird plays all over the field. That could be partially because our our secondary was crushing them, and I think they started getting alligator arms. But I feel like Idaho State, we just matched up well and held them in check. I think it was great having Jalen Cole on Michael Dean. I think it was great having Greg Filer on Mitch Geller. I I think, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's a good, that's a good statement. I feel like you might be right, but I feel like we could actually play better too. And, and I should qualify it. I'm not saying that Troy can't get any better, but I felt like he was this good the whole time. And this, and this finally was the day that was like, okay, we're actually seeing the passing we're hearing about. Yeah, no, you're um, right. Y- yeah, so I, I, not to say he can't get better, but I don't think it's going to be next week, and I don't think it's going to be, frankly, the rest of the season that he's going to make a, enough of a step to make a significant well, difference in the games. But that's just that's well, just what a, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say because that was, like you said, Matt Miller's five-day prep. What about a whole nother week? What about a whole nother week practicing, implementing what he wants to do? And he sees – all right, I, I watch this game. Now I can see what I want to do even more because I see what works, I see what doesn't. He's going to keep building upon that where I think the reason that th- a change was made was because nothing was changing. We just kept doing the same damn thing and it was not working. But I think Miller might be a little bit more adaptive and I think that might suit us better down the road. Well, I think the game prep was really good. I think that was, that was really important in, in us looking better. But I think the biggest thing was Troy's psychology. And just keeping him, like Joe likes to talk about, uh, the uh, performance anxiety curve, kind of keeping him below that way geeked up, you know, ripping every every shot or whatever. Um, and I think that he, he he brought himself down the way that I thought he's needed to in, in that it, just his, his psychology, just, just not being too geeked up. But then I, I don't see that that 
aspect improving. But like you said, I, that's just speculation. And I, I really hope that I'm wrong, but that's how I feel about it right now. But like you said, you know, if Matt Miller gets more time to prepare and, and all that, you know, maybe we see even bigger improvements, at least on that front. And maybe that makes up for any, um, you know, any, anything that Troy can't necessarily do better right away. What are your thoughts, Ryan? <laughs> we just sat there and talked and you're just sitting there like probably thinking of like, oh, I want to say something. Well, you uh, you took my point. Uh, Thorny, when you talked about uh, Miller's preparation, I kept thinking about like, you know, that was Miller's first go at it. I'm pretty sure that his uh, playbook's going to expand and they're going to, um, you know, look at this game and run some of the stuff that was successful, but, you know, allow some new formations and, you know, mask it. But also, uh, I think this is a big step for Troy and just his confidence. Um, you know me, I've not been on the Troy bandwagon as a quarterback all year. And um, yeah, this was by far the way, the best he's looked. I do think he can get better because I think he could get more comfortable in what uh, Matt wants him to do. But what I think it really comes down to is I think we need guys on the field um, to say, we just need to get this done, you know, and just believe in that and to get over this hump and quit shooting ourselves in the foot proverbially in the, in these situations. And Troy could be that guy. He could just say, you know what guys get on my back. I'm going to take us to this. Um, and I think he, he has that ability and I, I want to see that come out in him. Yeah. And uh, no, you, and, and Shane, you make a good point and I can't disagree with you. Um, I'm just wishful that, <laughs> it's not true, but uh, I mean, you might be right. Like 425 yards, do you, that might be about the most yards we can get out of uh, the offense we currently run. I just feel like we might be able to finish some drives better and make a few more sustained drives. But I mean, we're, we might be getting pretty close to peaking as an offensive unit for sure. <laughs> I just don't know how much better yeah, we can and, get. And I hope you're right. And, and I hope you guys are right too. I, I'm just just one of my concerns that I've got kind of mulling around in the back of my yeah, head. Yeah, no, it's a valid concern. <laughs> We're not pretty, and I don't know if we can get any prettier. See, I disagree. <laughs> See, you if you say that's when we're going to peak the day we implement a new offense, then you've given us no time to grow. So I I don't I don't agree with that. All right, at all. So I well, think we can get better. Uh, markedly, I'm not certain, but. Uh, like you said, Ryan, I think we can finish drives a little more. I think what we're going to get better at is procedural stuff. And so we don't – like we have these trick plays that have been called back for touchdowns a couple times. Um, yeah, Coulter said he counted like four on the year, I think, of yeah, trick and like play he, touchdowns yeah. that were called back. And he was saying about that, he's like, you know, if those were not called back, we're talking about the Bobcats in a different light, you know. So, I mean, those kind of plays matter. So – well, I got a couple things that I want to see us do. Mainly, I want Kevin Cassis to get the ball more. Did Did you amen. see those little double juke, amen. juke moves he made on the sideline? Like that guy just wants it. He wants the ball. He wants to make plays. He can make plays. If we're gonna throw, we never seem to throw fifty fifty balls. Like every other Big Sky team sees a guy on a one on one matchup. They like the matchup. They just chuck the ball up. Why don't we do that? Troy Anderson will get the ball in the vicinity. Let Cassis make that play. It is tough with his height, though, because I think a lot of these guys are working with 6'4 guys. Yeah, yeah. Big Sky corners are like (laughs) 5'8". 
<laughs> we, we have a Fair couple enough. ourselves so i mean that's just kind of what you get in the big sky and and it's not necessarily about height i mean otherwise michael how does michael dean win 50 50 balls he does he's five six he's crafty <laughs> i'm just i mean are, are they throwing him as low as they can I don't know. <laughs> there's no way that i'm just saying there's no way a five six guy should be ever winning a contested ball but he does and it's I just I don't know. I just want to see Kevin Cassis get the opportunity to win those balls just to get more targets. Like he is the he put it so much work in the offseason. It's so noticeable and he's so just chomping at the bit to get this thing going. So that's one of my keys. I want to see Cassis with the ball more. And I want to keep getting Johnson involved more because that was finally a game where he looked like the pure football player athlete that he is. He just kind of got some confidence. I know it's a small step, but he might be the best athlete on the field and that's including Troy Anderson. He's just, he's a pure athlete. He just isn't quite the football player, but he can be, I think he's, you just get that guy, the ball, find creative ways to do what he's comfortable doing. Um, I'm, I just like seeing, I like seeing Johnson some more. I think he's going to be a key component coming down the stretch. Well, uh, we'll see what he can do. If he can stay healthy, that's my biggest concern. But, yeah, he did look really fluid in the game. So we went off on a tangent there. Sorry about that. What was your – you had a couple other things there, Shane? We're kind of going on this little route here. Oh, yeah. Two more <laughs> yeah. concerns. Let's keep yeah, the concerns sure. going. <laughs> <laughs> so so these are actually things that have been in the back of my mind since probably – well, pretty much the whole Choate tenure, but, but maybe starting to really – intensify with last year's game against South Dakota State. We consistently, since the very first game of his tenure, we have had very close losses against very good opponents. And it always, the the narrative always seems to sound like we're, oh, we're getting better. We're going from like losing big to losing small and then winning small. That's not what I see. We lost by three points in a 17-20 football game against an FBS opponent. Yeah, they were transitioning, but we lost against Idaho at Idaho by three points in his very first game. That was a bowl team. <laughs> yeah, that year they went. They one went of the few. A bowl one of the few game, Idaho right? bowl teams. Yeah. It's the one of the few and, games that uh, Tyler Brugman came to play, though, too. True. So that's kind of an anomaly right there. But yeah, anyway, continue. Sure. Well, but as you track through, you continue to see these, and you see um, South Dakota State was an incredibly good team, a couple NFL players on the team, and Taron Christian, who's probably the best quarterback this year. Maybe he wasn't last year, but he's pretty darn good. And we lose by – we lost by, what, three points, guys? Is that right? Yeah. Or what it, uh, yeah, I don't remember, but, yeah, somewhere four or three a, or four. It was a close yeah. loss, and it was ours to lose, ex- nice trick play that they came out with and and good for them. I don't want to take that away from them, but that was a very good team. That was an outmatched opponent that we came up and and we fought with them blow for blow, but we still came up short. And that is starting to look like not, not just like a trend that's beginning to happen, but it's starting to look like that's just the character of these teams. I I don't want to believe that, but it it sure seems that way. So, I think uh, I have some thoughts on that. I think this year, 
I think it's because of the whole quarterback debacle that we've been put into that that that's been continuing. I think if uh, well, one, I think if Rovig wouldn't have gotten hurt, we would have been probably two more wins at this point of the season, and we'd be talking completely different. Um, I don't think. I think uh, last year was that uh, starting to, as you put it, and as Joe puts it, uh, what is it? A lose close, win small. I think this year we were supposed to be that win, win small, kind of win big sometimes. But with when we had to put Troy into the mix and then really depend on him and depend on him even with his weaknesses as a passer and then the, the perfect storm of uh, – you know, the offensive play calling being lackluster. Uh, it's just been kind of a perfect storm of where we are today. So it seems like we've been kind of like almost like, in a like this has made us almost like into like a holding pattern rather than progressing. I don't feel like we're necessarily regressing. It's just been kind of a, a weird mixture of quarterback play and bad luck that has kept us here. No, you're right. I mean, you, you think about that, too, because this is as much as Chris Murray had his limitations. Can you I don't know if anyone can say at this point that we wouldn't be a better team with Chris Murray in his third year starting at the helm this year. I don't. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I think we would. be. So it's kind of hard that you had to kind of reset it so hard and not just like a guy who was a backup who could come in and kind of carry the momentum. But you had to completely revamp everything and reset to a quarterback who should be playing linebacker. And I think that's a bigger step than anybody realized it might be. I think it's kind of a, we don't, the board doesn't talk too much about Murray anymore, but um, I think that was a much bigger loss than people were thinking. I don't, some people, I mean, I might be in in that camp as well. We're thinking, all right, now we can get a quarterback in here. We can throw the ball a bit better. (laughs) <laughs> as you might, as we're seeing now, the grass is not necessarily always greener. Guys, we're we're quarterback away from this, man. It, that's that's the plain, simple truth, and as simple as that. If once we get our quarterback, it, and if we can maintain our level of defense, this is going to be going. We could have ran the same offense we had last year, except we would have had Chris Murray with his wizardry and the triple option, and Troy Anderson back there, and then Isaiah Anfonse on top of that. What what I will say though is that this is this is another part of the story is is if if the ball bounces this way in that game, we get that score, we win that game. We we're eight points away from being an eight win team last year, right? Whatever it was, something crazy like that. But it's always there's always a thing, right? There's there's always a thing, and there's always. And I mean, it's, we're not the first team to struggle with quarterbacks and that's not to say, I do think that we've had way more than our fair share of that. But if you look back to the Grizz team, it might've been the 16, 2016 team, they, they lost one of their quarterbacks, then they lost the other one. And then they, they, and they look great with the guy that I think he, I think it was the guy that had been at Idaho at some point. Um, do you guys know the guy I'm Is talking that about? Chad um, Chalich, maybe. Chalich, yeah. They got down to Chalich, um, or maybe they got from Chalich down to, to Gustafson or whatever. But in any case, there was there was some injury, and and they came out. The guy was lights out. 
Um, they they go down uh, Reese Phillips last year, early in the season, has just a horrific injury. And uh, Jensen comes out, and he's insanely good. And it's like, what? Okay, what is the deal? Like, so you get what I'm getting at, like, with quarterbacks, and they get someone comes out and they're a great passer, and the, and it is really helpful. For I them. agree, but there's you have to eat, look at each scenario differently. Like Montana under Bob Stitt was just set up. Like I feel like most guys who threw could throw passes in high school could come in and succeed in an offense geared that does nothing but let quarterbacks succeed. That's like, that's a kind of a different thing. Plus if you're a quarterback, you're excited to go play there. So they probably have a nice stable of guys who had big numbers in high school could just step in and do that. But you, from the flip side, go look at uh, Northern Arizona. Uh, they lose case Cookus and they're garbage. They're hot garbage without Cookus. <laughs> yeah. That, although I thought they did pretty well against Eastern when he went out, cause he went out pretty early in that game and they still, they still kept with them pretty well, but the defense did a great job holding them to like what thirty-three points or something like that. But for the most part, they've they've had a very difficult time yeah. scoring any points. But whatsoever. I mean, if you're a good program, like we had talked about when you were on our previous episode, like a program, you overcome these things. Uh, you, you don't have your right. guy come out and you just, oh crap, we're screwed. Well, let's see if we can't win a few ball games with our linebacker at quarterback. <laughs> it's like you, you got you got to be set up a little bit better than that. And it's a like we talked about this last episode, a weird series of things that led to this being here. But that's not to say that Choke is without blame. He like it's just a weird thing, and this is how we ended up. And I feel more confident that we'll um, look better next year with some quarterbacks, but. I'm also, like you said, tired of talking about next year. I'm tired of talking about the what ifs. I feel like I'm I'm just sick of losing these kinds of games like we just did. Like just games where we had an opportunity to win the game and we just can't make that play. We just consistently cannot make that play. And part of that is like the penalties, like that last drive where we got all the way down like the five-yard line, had like two penalties in a row, got way backed up, and then missed a field goal. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just that kind of stuff is becoming kind of a theme and I don't know what to do about it. I don't know. If, I don't even know what the root of the problem is, but that's just at some point you are who you that, are. That, that actually leads me into my my other concern. That is my other concern. Critical errors from the very beginning. We've just made critical errors. It's not a new thing this year. I don't know if you guys remember. um what game was that? It was a home game, and we were moving the ball so well. And Chris Murray just fumbles the exchange on a on a read option, and we lose the ball, and and that loses us the game. We were down in the red zone. Um, do you guys remember which game? That was that was? Eastern Washington last year? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Eastern Washington, and it was just like of all the times that you could have a turnover like that is the literally the worst possible time and place to have a turnover and it just seems like it's been i mean this last game insane for that because we only had 45 yards and penalties but but they were just at the most possible inopportune times we had three more yards and penalties than isu had but they were just at such inopportune times it felt like no you know 100 yards and and it comes back to the point we had been talking about earlier is we aren't the kind of team that can overcome this kind of stuff eastern washington can get two holding calls be first and 30 and they'll still convert it because they have such a dynamic offense. They can overcome that kind of stuff. 
if we get like one five yard penalty, we're toast. <laughs> and yeah. so if that's your offense, we can't continue to make procedural penalties like false starts or just easy day one stuff. You know, we can't be doing that. And you can't do them when you're in field goal range and the penalty takes you out of it. No, no, that's, it's becoming a, th- like we've, Ryan and I've talked about this in past episodes. Like, is this a theme of a, of a choke led team where we just keep missing opportunities? Just, it's always, I feel like it's all we talk about is all these opportunities that we missed. Yeah. And these critical errors, what I, what I think it comes from, and, and I'm hoping this, but I think it's an inattention to detail on offense. I think we have very, we have a lot of detail going on defense, but on offense, I think when you have so many different errors like that, it's because you haven't paid close attention to all the little things that you're doing. When you, when you run the play that, that um, Troy scored a touchdown on and it gets pulled back for a chop block, he probably has, you know, done what could be called a chop block once or twice before in practice, but it didn't get, didn't get coached up or, yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is, but, but I think if you focus on details, you you don't make those errors like that. Toad always says you are what you focus on. <laughs> yeah, there you well, go. Apparently that's not what we focus on. Well, I wonder what we do focus on. <laughs> defense. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, so it is. I think we've got great attention to detail on defense. I mean, that was the difference between the 2015 and 2016 defense. It's the same people, just more focused on attention to detail. It's crazy how much better that defense was considering it was much of the same guys slash a whole bunch of like new tr- freshmen and sophomore guys that hadn't even seen the field. It's like night and day. <laughs> and yeah. we, isn't that the year that we lost like five defensive linemen before the season even started? And that's why we were playing like Farrader and Marks and all those true freshmen. Cause we were yeah, like, so yeah. true. and Woody, Woody Brandon oh, was converted to defensive end from tight end. Right. Wasn't that the year <laughs> that happened? Oh man. Yeah, I, I don't even remember all the changes. But that they uh, made, well, but, like, yeah. like the point is, like, coaching can mask. Like, if you're a well-coached team, you can take a guy who is an average player and he is a solid. He can perform at a high level, and maybe that's another thing we need to be concerned with. Do you think Choate's teams, I guess, player development? You see guys just becoming, starting off as just a little dinky walk-on, becoming an All-American. Is that happen in Choate's culture? You know, I think on defense, we're seeing people get coached up really well. And the other thing that I think Coach Cho does really well is he gets people. He's, he's able to bring in people that you're like, how did he get that person? He, he brought in Bob Cole, which I, I think was a huge get. I mean, uh, clearly we've moved on, but, but I think that was a, a huge get. A guy that's coached up Heisman uh, candidates, and he, and he came into – I was pretty excited when we hired him. He did nothing for us. And, and, no, but it seemed like, like, like she was saying, it just seemed like a wow, like this is a pretty star power hire at the time. Doesn't matter if it doesn't produce, though. Well, sure. And, and it's possible that you can miss on a couple of them, but if you're able to get those guys, you're going to hit on one of them. He hit on, um, on uh, Gregorak huge. I mean, I think that was a huge get. And I mean, pulled him from the yeah, Grizz. That's it. That's that's impressive. And you get a guy like Bauman, and that's that's a big get, you know, even if he doesn't pan out. 
the fact that you were able to get him to come to your school over all the other people that were courting him, that's a big deal. Yeah, that's true. We do recruit well. And um, to your point there, Shane, I do think you're spot on. We do need to pay more um, focus to our offense and have more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, intentionality uh, to to oh, keeping yeah. that sharp. And, and I think I think that's where uh, Choate's next step is in his just coaching profession is relinquishing his defensive-minded vision of offense and trusting – trusting his offense to I don't know if that means trusting Matt Miller now and I I think he's when you listen to him he says okay I just gotta let Matt Miller be Matt Miller but if we're making an offensive change in the in the offseason you know I think Choke really needs to allow someone to kind of like you know when Tim Cramsey came on Tim Cramsey was gonna run Tim Cramsey's offense I think we need some guy in the guy that's going to do that, who has an articulated vision for that matches Choate's vision, but sees it through a different lens than he sees it and can do it better than Choate can. And I totally, I, I'm, I'm confident that Choate can mm-hmm. get that guy. And, and I, and I, 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 he, when he, when he said that Matt Miller was coming in, he says he's acting uh, offensive coordinator. He didn't say he's the offensive coordinator. So he said acting. And I think that's a little bit of a hint that the search is on. We're going to find the guy and get him here, and he's going to be a great offensive coordinator, much like Ty Gray. Well, unless Matt Miller starts blowing the doors you know, off this whole thing. But, again, to me, I think this whole season seems like a wash with Troy Anderson at our quarterback because we're just obviously waiting for Bowman to get, you know, I don't know what we're waiting for. <laughs> I, I would have put him in long before, <laughs> uh, but um, that's – truly our future or, you know, Beltran or one of those guys. But um, so it, our, I think our offense will look completely different next year. I think it's going to look more like it did when we ran the Wagner um, game, when we were much more balanced, but who knows? Curveball. What if Murray comes back? Uh, so if Murray comes back, I think <laughs> he's going to have to be a walk on. I don't know where I read that. Maybe, maybe that was just conjecture, but um He's going to have to earn his position for sure. Well, regardless, I mean, it's kind of a similar path a little bit to what um, Brad Daly did. Left school, had to like walk his way back on, turned out pretty good. I'm just curious, like if he comes in, clearly he's going to be in competition. Uh, yeah, if, yeah. if he wins a job, we're running the same offense that we've been running. So I don't know, just just a curveball, just a thought. So guys, um, we're running close on the clock here to about an hour or so. Uh, let's skip forward to Cal Poly. Pretty boring. Um, same stuff. Joe Prothrow, like 55-year-old man coming in. Been there forever. Um, His son's a walk-on freshman. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's Cal Poly. Like, it's rinse, repeat. <laughs> so, um, oh, triple option. Like- They're pretty good at it. It's going to be a hard-nosed game. Kind of wish we had them earlier on this season when we were all more a little healthy. But, um yeah, I don't know. I, don't I think know. we I think we match up okay with Pauly. I think we can um, contain the run game because I think we can put our for the first time in a long time we can put our defensive backs on an island. So I think we'll be able to limit their big plays from their quarterback who only throws like five passes a game, but they're like thirty yards completion because they just catch you off and hit you over the top for a big play. But I think we can limit that. So I don't know. I feel like we're going to match up pretty well with them if we can contain Prothero. We contain Cal Poly. 
if he gets 30 rushes for 250 yards, we're in trouble. For sure. Yeah, here's what I don't think it is. I don't think it's a gimmick. No, absolutely I, not. I think we can definitely do this, but by no means are Cal Poly or Northern Colorado a gimme. I think I told you guys earlier in the season Cal or Northern Colorado is going to come up and smack somebody that wasn't paying attention. And, boy, they they come out of nowhere. And I, I think Polly has that potential, too. And, you know, it's just, it just depends That's on just the day. The, but we can do it. It's just the sure. weirdness of the big sky. There's always, sure. always a team that has no business winning a game that, like, snake bites one of those, not the top-tier team necessarily, but one of those teams, like, really pushing for the playoffs, and then they lose to the Owen – eight team in the conference and run their whole playoff chances. That happens like every year. <laughs> and let's, yeah. let's not be that team, but uh, Paulie can't score. So that, that benefit, I mean, yeah, they put up a few points recently, but they're still 12th in the league in scoring offense. So I think for once our, our 20 point, 28 point uh, maximum output on offense is going to be enough to win the game, but we're going to have limited opportunities. And what does that mean? That's not good for us because we can't, always capitalize on those opportunities. So we're going to have to continue to work on that, continue to sustain drives and uh, we can beat them. But like you said, it's by no means a gimme. We're going to have to, it's, it's kind of a bummer that Hadley and Cano are going to be out indefinitely. So we're going to have some guys step up in the linebacker core. Um, sounds like Hardy might get some time this week. He's been kind of turning it on special teams. As Choate says, like once he starts seeing a guy doing that, like, He's he might be getting ready to get in the game. I think we'll, we'll, someone's going to have to step up because we have Jobman, Collins, and uh, who's the other starter? Is it is it Chapman going to be working back in maybe a little bit? Yeah, yeah. It's probably going to be a combination of Chapman and Hardy, and whoever plays better at the time just ride the hot hand, so to speak. So um, I don't know. Do you what kind of defense do you think that you play against Cal Poly? I mean, this is the Choate hasn't played them. I was surprised to hear that stat, but no, Cho hasn't played Cal Poly. Well, Greg Rack has, and he hasn't had great <laughs> Don't say that. And, and I know, and, and Kennesaw was kind of our, although they were a really great team. But, Kennesaw is um, infinitely better than, than Cal Poly. <laughs> yeah. Even the yeah, good Cal Poly sure. team of a couple years ago, Kennesaw State last year was a better team than that. But – yeah, which was really surprising. Yeah, but Kansas Tech came out of nowhere, and they're really good this year. I think they're number two in the polls right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So here's a good defense for Cal Poly. Keep a, keep sustained drives on offense. Yeah. Keep them off the field. <laughs> Don't let Joe, Joe yeah, Pro throw get the ball. Yeah. That's, that's like one of those offenses that the best way is just to keep the ball out of their hands. Got to win yeah. the time of possession – is a weird thing in the big sky because there's some teams that just score so fast that I have bad time of possession, but still beat you by 30. Um, this is a game we have to win the time of possession because that's Cal Poly's game too, time of possession. So we got to win that one. Any bold predictions for uh, the upcoming week or next week from well, either of you? I've, I got to pat myself on the back first. I predicted we recover our first fumble of the year against Idaho State. Did it. So – <laughs> I think times two. This is kind of a weird bold prediction because it's kind of lame. I think Troy Anderson throws a touchdown pass. <laughs> oh man, that's sad that that's bold, I know, but it is. That's the state of. I think he's only thrown one all year, right? He threw that one slant to Cass. Cass is against Portland State. Is he? Ha- is oh, that yeah. his only touchdown pass? So regardless, even if he has two, it's still a bold prediction to say he'll throw a touchdown pass. So that's what I'm going <laughs> with. Touchdown pass, Troy. Nice. 
What about you, Shane? Yeah, I'll say Tristan Bailey goes 100% on, on field goals and PATs this week. Okay. My bold prediction is more seasonal. I think we do have a winning season for the first time in three years. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, we got not any easy games left, but three right now look like they're winnable games. We got Polly in Colorado, Northern Colorado at home, which you love, and the Grizz are just uh, uh, not good right now. So <laughs> um, I'm not saying that they won't get it figured out and it's going to be always hard to win in Missoula, but they're not looking real good right now. And I, I imagine like Bryce Dirk and Tyrone Fonano just got to be licking their chops going against that <laughs> offensive line. But um, yeah, I think our strength matches up with the, uh, well with their weakness. I do. So, so yeah. I do think we can end up with a winning record. I don't know if that's going to satisfy everybody, but it's, I satisfied might be the wrong word for me, but I would be complacent enough. That, like, all right, that's, that's a one game improvement for, you know, four and seven, five and six, up to six and five, maybe even hopefully seven and four. I mean, that's considering what we've been dealing with would be, yeah, I think that'd be a pretty decent season. Do you think by the end of the year, we'll have one of those defining moments that we've been, you know, kind of dancing around? I think that was Shane's kind of, uh, one of his concerns kind of in a nutshell that we can't get past these, these moments. Do you think we're going to overcome? I don't know if we get there this year. I, well, I, I kind of think it's it's not a defining moment if you go from losing by three to winning by one or two or three. No, you know, it's it's like it's like a small incremental improvement. You know, I mean, if it was against South Dakota State or um, Eastern or something, maybe it would be. But well, we but talked if it's to- like a comeback or something. Like if we would have came back and won uh, last week, that would have been a defining oh, moment yeah. for us because that's not something we've done. But uh, yeah, it's not necessarily a three-point <laughs> win. It's how you get there. It's exactly it's some big play somebody made. Like we were down by two, and a, there's like an interception, uh, or that uh, you know, this is uh, something that turns the whole tide. Like we talked about uh, against on the Weber State podcast, or the, I guess the one leading up to it about that uh, goal line stand against Weber State in like 2009 or whatever. Like yeah. that's that's kind of we need some kind of like that. We just need. And we've yeah. had so many opportunities. It's like the law of averages says we're going to get one, doesn't it? Like <laughs> you can't keep overthrowing a fake punt by off the fingertips your entire coaching career, can you? <laughs> as long as you stop paying – or as long as you never start paying attention to uh, detail, then you can yeah. keep doing that. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. Well, uh, so the last thing we were going to talk about today was some over-unders, and I have one for us for uh, next week. Over-under, fellas, 14 points between the second and third quarters that we score. Under. Uh, Yeah, under. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to say it. How about you? Ooh, this was a good one. That's why I thought of it. Um, <laughs> Don't break your arm patting yourself on the uh, back. You know there. what? Uh, I'm going to go over. I think um, I think we're going to see some more strides with uh, Miller's um, offense, and so I'm going to say we're going to we're going to get out of that slump. We're going to hit the middle of the game hard. Uh, I'm going to say we go 17 points over. Nice. I, I, I and I'm not saying that it'll, we'll look bad by any means i'm just saying this is this is going to be one of those games that there's a lot of running and it's going to be it's going to take time to get any points good point good point (laughs) (laughs) 
In fact, my over-under is an hour 50 on game duration. I don't know if, enough about game duration to know if that's good or bad. <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs> Educated Shane. So, so, so the average, Give me an average. The average uh, Division One football game lasts three and a half hours. You know, you might be right. There's, it just depends how many penalties there are because there's not going to be a hell of a lot of stoppages from any other reason. Right. <laughs> um, I'll go. I'll go under. You, you think it's going to be a fast game? Fast, yeah, running, just running, nonstop running. Clock's never going to stop. No one's, no one's ever going to go out of yeah. bounds. <laughs> right. Yeah. You said an hour fifty. Yeah, just because you're not going to get stoppage from from passes that get dropped or anything, and you know. I mean, t- and t- no t- TV timeouts, not root sports. <laughs> right, it's not a root sports game. I checked that before I said <laughs> that over under. Ooh, uh, I'll go over. Yeah, I, I think. Hour fifty is pretty aggressive. Uh, it might be slightly over, but I think it's. I think it's. Uh, we need to get there. some sort of like uh, Apple Pay fund going for all these over and unders with each other. But uh, which yeah. leads me into mine. Joe Prothrow over under one hundred fifty yards rushing. Under under, I think under. Okay, I thought that was a. I just believe in our our defense. I, I think that's a good one because Joe Prothrow is so good, so prolific. But our defense has been so good against these guys that usually rip them for for two or whatever. Fair enough. I'm gonna go under as well. I just thought 50, 150 was a decent number, but uh, apparently it's <laughs> a high. So. <laughs> No, I think it's fair because Joe Joe Prothrow really is that good. But I, I really have a lot of confidence in our run defense. All right. Hey, Ryan, before we go, tell them how we, how we can find us. We are on the Twitter at RRCatCast. It's not RNR. It's just RRCatCast. We're up to 21 followers. I saw that yesterday. Man, from we are... four to 21, making some progress. <laughs> That's the definition of viral, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) (laughs) More like viral, like a flu, but hey. Oh, we do have some (laughs) guests coming up scheduled for uh, Cat Grizz. I'm not going to tell you who it is, uh, but I secured us a, we'll just call him an OG from the the past. Yeah, you guys are going to want to listen into that episode. So You're trying to get a Grizz guy on, aren't you? I was thinking about reaching out to maybe somebody over on eGrizz. I like Brent Wahlberg. He does a pretty good job over there. He does the Montana Mint podcast now. So I was wondering if you might want to get on and talk some game preview with us. But uh, I have not reached out to him yet. If you're listening, Brent, holla. Yeah. We have um, – like Shane is one of our guests today. If, if any of you guys want to come or gals want to come on, uh, just give us uh, – a shout out on Bobcat Nation, or you can get a hold of us as well on Twitter. That'd be fun. Sounds good. Well, Shane, thanks for coming on. It was yeah, thanks yeah, for having me. Great having guys. you back on. Um, we got to end the segment with the Go Cats. I think that's usually how I end it anyway. Because Go Cats, that's why. Go Cats. <laughs> Go Cats. Yeah.